From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilson Petraer, information technology expert at New Course Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we'll discuss the different kinds of wares to be aware of, such as malware and ransomware. Can tech users do anything to protect their devices from these wares? Listeners, are there any wares in particular that worry you? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any questions or comments or general tech questions or comments, 877-MPB-RING is the number. You can also email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at New Course Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And Jeremy Thompson is back in studio with us after uh, going off to get hitched and getting married, and that's the same thing, and going on the honeymoon. So good morning to you, Jeremy. How does it feel to be a married man? Hello, everybody. It feels great. <laughs> Your voice is changing. Yes, I feel very relaxed. See, yesterday I finished my taxes. I know, waiting till the last day. Shame on me. But oh. Oh, it's, my Lord. Yeah. it's done. I feel That's so good. much better. Plus the vacation, you know, having the vacation or the honeymoon before doing the taxes was really nice because it was like, oh, I have this is so relaxing because when I go back, I got to start those taxes. Real world. Back into the real world. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And we're really glad to have you back in studio with us. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, so good morning to you both. And uh, just talk about some of your tech projects you've been working on this week. Oh, tech projects, tech projects. Well, this week I had to reach out to Jeremy, and I forgot to bring it with me today. But, Aww. yeah, we had somebody who uh, decided they wanted to rearrange how the front of their iPhone looked. So we've had a, a smashed screen this week. So mm. it's been some uh, some mobile phone woes, basically. I was ready to do it right here. That would have been pretty During cool. the show. We could have live, live surgery. It. Yeah. yeah. Now, I was listening to um, some kind of broadcast yesterday, and I heard that they said it was a myth to put your phone in rice when it gets wet. Is that a myth? It's not a myth. Uh, rice does have some moisture-absorbing properties, but it's not the best at that job. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, why do we put rice in salt shakers? You know, it keeps that moisture down, but uh, your best thing is probably not to get it wet with yeah, yeah, don't go swimming with it. Always a great idea. But for those people who do, um, there are uh, other things that you can use, like uh, desiccants, like that come with your shoes or with yeah, those little patch- pouches. They come with any kind of electronic, pretty much. Uh, if you have a bunch of those, you can collect them in a bag, and if your phone gets wet, you can toss it in there, and that will help dry it out better than rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just a little side note, I use those in my toolbox as well. It keeps the tools from getting rusty. Yep. Uh, keeps the wrenches and everything safe. So I learned that tip from my brother, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. We'll probably have to have a more more in-depth conversation about this considering summer is coming soon it's already getting warm folks are going to be swimming so i'm sure we're going to want to talk about some preventative measures for oh, uh, dropping and protecting your phones if you're doing some kind of water activity so we'll get into that a little bit more but the big news of the hour is i got a new laptop i Ooh, know cool yes it's all shiny and pretty too. She, yeah. we're gonna give her a pronoun she is she. in studio with us and um it was an, an interesting process i initially got the a HP Spectra, which is a two-in-one type laptop slash tablet. And I took it home and I was getting ready to set it up. And I noticed it was getting extremely hot mm-hmm. on, on the bottom, which was in a 20 to 25 minute span. Ooh, it yeah, that's, that's bad. It was in my lap, yeah. but still, yeah. this is a brand new right. laptop. So that was a red flag for me. Should I have been alarmed by that? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Even though we know, you know, Rita likes to have her heater on, but you know, maybe not in that particular method there. Yeah, not on, not on my legs from coming out of the laptop. That's, but, that's pretty hot for 25 minutes. That's that's a that's a little bit uh, odd. And I yeah. wasn't doing anything but setting the right. computer up. So See it's not like I was yeah. editing and doing all these extra things. I got to reading on the Internet, and it said that the HP Spectra was known for having high heat levels. So some maxing out at 
100 degrees Fahrenheit in some wow. instances. So I thought, hmm, over time, yeah. this probably is not good. And that just shouldn't be with the solid state drive and everything. I didn't think that was. Well, with when your processors go smaller, uh, they, they definitely have to manage the heat better. Um, but yeah, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be getting that hot. Yeah. So so that was one red flag, and the other is this uh, laptop had an i7 processor in it. So to my understanding, the understanding is supposed to be super fast yeah. with that processor in it. And I noticed the Wi-Fi. Some of the the web pages were loading up kind of slowly, mm-hmm. and I thought this is crazy. Yeah, web pages loading up slowly with an i7 processor, and then. I just took it back to the store. I don't know. Maybe I had a dud. It's still a good computer. I spent all night looking at reviews. Mm-hmm. I was comparing the HP Spectra to the Dell XPS, and they were talking about the Dell XPS and how it's um, it, it, it is uh, relatable or com- comparable to the MacBook. And I finally just decided to get the Dell XPS after mailing, emailing, and texting all of my tech friends asking, oh, which is the better brand, uh, the yeah. HP or the Dell? And most of you guys said the Dell. I, I was also one of the people that said the Dell, for mm-hmm. sure. I, I, it I looks a lot like, like mine, bit, but, but it's it, it looks a little bit thinner. But, um, yeah, I do want to say uh, page loading speed is probably not due to your processor. That would be due more to your internet connection. Yeah. Now, if... It could be due to that, or it could be due to uh, the fact that they installed something incorrectly, like drivers, graphic drivers, something like that. That can also cause your page load to uh, to look choppy. Well, and also, whenever you get a new computer, and this is just something that just really aggravates me about so many of the uh, the manufacturers out there, they put so much extra unneeded bloatware. Yeah, just There's no other name for it. Well, I have other names for well, it, we but got I won't say right, those on the right. air. <laughs> and, 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 and bloatware really, is not on my list today. Let me add Bloatware <laughs> is uh, non-voluntary, basically. Um, mm-hmm. You just, when you get the laptop, if you get it through one of your big manufacturers or through one of your big box stores, it's going to have a bunch of junk on it that you don't want. Mm-hmm. Who wants yeah. that Best yeah. Buy app on their laptop well, exactly, and the, the Amazon fact. app. And, oh, here, let's go ahead and put this trial version of this, and we'll put this trial of 50 video yeah. games that you'll never really want to play. I mean, most, most people, you know, Give me solitaire and hearts. I'm good. But, um, but yeah, and those will just traditionally just really drag it down. And something else to kind of throw in there, too, is depending on the antivirus product. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of your commercial antivirus products are notorious for really negatively impacting performance, um, especially your McAfee's, your Semantic Norton's. And some of those, that's why, you know, I think Jeremy and I are alike on this, you know, utilizing some of your free programs are actually better for your performance. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've I've seen 30, 40 percent performance increases on computers just by pulling some of that stuff off. Yeah. And in the HP Spectra's defense, I checked the Internet in three different Wi-Fi areas. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at a friend's house here at work and uh-huh. then at my own ha- own house. And so it was only at that one house that the Internet was very slow. So you do make a good point about it being just the router and the Internet connection at that particular place. Because mm-hmm. at work, it was lightning fast. At home, it was lightning fast. Yeah. So I think that i7 processor was working very well. But I took the computer back nonetheless, and I got the Dell XPS 13, which is also a two-in-one. It's touchscreen. It had more RAM, and the lady convinced me that it having more RAM was a really big deal, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah. the HP Spectra had 8 gigs of RAM, and this XPS has 16 gigs of RAM. Oh, yeah. So tell me how that makes a difference. Well, okay. And I'm holding so, it up to the microphone for everyone to see. Can you see <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Wilt's yeah. has got the, uh, the showcase uh, for the Dell. You got it upside down, though, buddy. Oh, well. <laughs> and it's like a baby. I'm like, please don't drop my baby. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So uh, with RAM, 8 gigabytes for your average user is going to be more than sufficient. 16 in most cases is overkill, but depending on what you're doing, you were telling us that you were going to be doing a little bit of video editing, a little bit of audio editing, and when you're rendering those things, that's when you're really going to see that RAM come into effect. Also, the faster processor, um, it's going to speed up that whole operation. So more RAM is better, but in some cases, uh, if, if if it's over 8 gigs, you might be overpaying simply because you may just not need that much. But for what you were doing, you'll I think you'll be very happy with what you got. And it was on yeah. sale. Well, and on top oh, of that, a bonus. I, oh yeah, and I don't think I've ever, ever ever heard anyone say when they're getting a computer, you know, I really wish I would have gotten less memory in it. Yeah, you know, just having that little bit of extra. I mean, down the road, even if you, you know, um, and for those who don't know, the RAM, the memory in the computer, that's kind of the working space of the computer. That's where the processor pulls all of its different information and and stores it in there temporarily to work with it. So it's just very, very fast access, and uh, so it enables it to do a little bit more multitasking. 
And in the newer computers that I've seen, the newer laptops anyways, they uh, they don't allow you to upgrade the RAM anymore. It is built into that motherboard, so uh, you gotta, you got to take what you get. Yeah, it is. It also makes motherboards cost more. So two more things I wanted to mention, and hopefully this is helping folks who are in the market for new laptops because we've been talking about this the past couple of weeks. But gigahertz was a difference in specifications for the different computers. So I think the HP Spectra was at 2.8 gigahertz, and the my Dell XPS is like three point something. What? What? Why? Why do gigahertz matter? <laughs> In my opinion, this day and age, they don't nearly matter as much because there's a little bit that actually hides behind that. Um, another thing that kind of comes in, and don't confuse this term with the, you know, we talk about the I core five, you know, the core five, core sevens, but the number of cores in the processor, what actually ends up happening is on that chip, you could actually have the equivalent of two or four or six processors running. So to have four running at 3.2 gigahertz versus to have six running at 2.2 gigahertz, it's, it's really... Um, it's really easy to get hung up in the weeds on that. I, just really from my experience here recently, I don't really focus as much on the on the size of the processor. I look more at the generation of the processor, really. Yeah, um, you're you're going to see incremental increases over the the generations of the processors themselves. But also, I think you said two point eight and three point something. Yeah, so like, that yeah. that spread is really not uh, that's not some huge difference in processing power. So either way you go, especially if those are both I sevens that we're talking about, you'd be mm-hmm. more than happy with what it would do. All right. And last thing I was going to mention is I have some lady named Cortana on my laptop now who yeah. talks to me yeah. like Siri. It's a Siri. So I just ask her questions and she makes things happen. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> Everybody's got that digital assistant now. Oh, exactly. And for those who don't know, just a little, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a shout out for Ashley out there. I know she was our video game guru as well. Cortana came out of the Halo video game series. Yeah, I thought it was oh. so funny they picked yeah. that name. Cortana. Yeah. yeah, Cortana was actually a character in that video game. So yeah, a little shout out to Ashley there. Sounds good. Well, today, uh, now that we've talked for 10 minutes about my computer, but hopefully it was helpful to someone if you were thinking about getting a new laptop, new computer, and needed some clarity on some definitions, uh, hopefully that little uh, conversation there was helpful. But we are going to be talking about wares today and the kinds of wares you should be aware of or just knowledgeable of. In general, we'll talk about things like malware and ransomware, adware, spyware. We'll get into these things today. What are some ways that you can protect your devices from some of these wares if they are indeed harmful. What wares were you listeners? What have you experienced? You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That number is 877-672-7464. We'll get into the conversation about wares after the break. And also, if you have any general tech questions about your tech devices, give us a call. 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Wilts Couture. And Jeremy Thompson, and this morning we're going to be talking about wares, some of the ones that you should be aware of. Um, I, that was not an intentional pun. It just <laughs> happened. Uh, so we'll talk about some of those today. Beware Things like her pun skills today. <laughs> malware and ransomware. We should try to see how many wear words we can come up with uh, today. I don't think there are many. Uh, we'll talk about adware, spyware. If you're one who has experienced some kind of wear on your tech device, you want to know how to get rid of it or tell us how you did away with it, you can give us a call. If you have any general questions about your tech devices, some things you've been having issues with, need some assistance, call us. 877-MPB-RING is the number. We do have some lines open. The number is 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We also had a caller who wanted to know what was the price range of my Dell XPS. It was... $1,200, I believe, and that was on sale. 
So it was twelve hundred dollars, and it was on sale. And the HP Spectra, I think, was eleven ninety nine. No, maybe this one was thirteen hundred. Yeah, somewhere in that range, folks. Okay, eleven to thirteen hundred. But I did not pay for it in full because I cannot afford to. So I had to get a Best Buy credit card, and I'm going to pay on it monthly, like uh, like a sensible person would do. So yes, I'm not bawling. I did not pay for this computer outright. It's uh, all those views she's been getting on her uh, videos. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, it's a no interest rate for 12 months, so I'll pay a little bit more on it monthly and, and see if I can pay it off early. So that was the price range. That's folks. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and the, uh, the XPS falls right into what we would call like business class. That's a business class that's laptop. Like top that is, of the line. Yeah, that is not, you know, um, you know, if anybody out there is kind of like going, ooh, yeah, you know, I mean, because Rita got it like that, but... Um, you know, that's a pretty good pretty good range. I've seen them go all the way up to around 2000 just depending on how much you put into them. Yeah, I put about 8 in mine uh, last year, and I've got, like, the step down from what she's got. I've got the Inspiron 13, mm-hmm. which also has the i7 processor in it. It's actually uh, the generation older, but I got a good deal on it. And uh, for most of our listeners, um, an i5 would be more than sufficient for what you want to do, uh, even an i3 in some cases. So that price range may be a little above what you want to do, but you don't have to sacrifice the processing power that you're looking for uh, for that uh, for that price. So. Well, and the nice thing, too, is I think Sharita will get really good lifetime out of this, too. Oh, it yeah, be absolutely. something that in a year from now we'll be talking again. It's like, okay, Rita's looking for another. I think this is going to last for a pretty good time. This is going to give you some some power moving forward. Yep. Right. Good. Good for me. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be talking about wares today, and we'll just kind of talk through the list. You guys have already mentioned bloatware when folks load a bunch of stuff on your computers that don't necessarily need to be on there. Can we talk about adware? This is one that I think is pretty common now, uh, being on the different pages and seeing all these different ads coming up. You look for a comforter, all of a sudden you have uh, comforters for ads all over every website you go to, including Facebook. So can we talk about adware first? Is it dangerous or is it not? Uh, of the wares, I think it's the most docile. It's definitely not um, not generally malicious. If anything, I would almost use the word aggravating a little bit more. Um, you know, for example, up at work last week, we needed a new coffee maker in one of our departments. They had one that was leaking. Well, can you guess what's all over every page it seems like I go to now? is ads for coffee makers. It's like, okay, I got what I wanted. I'm done. I'm moving on. Um, and it's just still there. And it, it, it's amazing. Not only is it on my computer, but it follows me onto my phone. So it just kind of lets you know that they really are keeping an eye on what you're doing out there. So mm. so adware was also uh, kind of an older form. Um, as far as what you actually get on your computer, you don't really see that a lot anymore. More of it is right. like the, the nagware or the actual malware. Um, the adware would be used to show you ads on your computer, though, and um, that's that more comes in the form of like pop-ups and stuff now. Um, but most of the adware stuff has kind of kind of gone away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so let's talk about one that I think is probably a little more serious. And uh, we talked about this in the everyday tech segment, Wilts, but ransomware. Oh boy! Um, so that- is that does the the term ransomware denote exactly what it is? Are you being held ransom in some way? You, it's a it's very literal um, definition. To me, in my opinion, ransomware is the most dangerous out there. On a scale of one to ten, it's definitely a twelve. Um, it's also kind that? of the most genius of all of them, though. Like, I have your files. I'm hiding out on the dark net. Pay me or you don't get your files back. Yeah. That's I mean, so, like, ah, oh, it's so So you get, you get locked out of your computer? Uh, who's it, who's doing the, the it, ransom? It, most of the time, it literally takes your picture files, word files. Um, any you know, document, taxes, anything, any, anything you would find useful. Yeah, anything useful on your computer, and it encrypts it or scrambles it with a a um, a custom key that only they have that can unlock it. And it is... Pretty much NSA proof. I mean, you're without paying it, you're pretty much at their mercy. Now there are, there are some kinds of ransomware that have been cracked, and there are uh, decryption keys available uh, through your different antivirus providers. So um, definitely try to find out what type you had and see if there is a solution out there because they're not all uh, end all be all, but there are some that are very nasty, and there's no way to get your files back unless you uh, pay up. 
Well, I want to yeah. know how much first uh, in a moment, but J- Java has something. Oh, well, no, I was just going to say the first time I heard about the ransomware was um, on this television show of uh, Chicago Med. They held the hospital hostage um, with the ransomware and they wanted them to pay like 30 bitcoins, which meant like $30,000. And uh, that was it was pretty scary because they, they had to go old school pre computers. And um, that was the first time I ever heard of ransomware. And I was like, this this kind of spooky. Mm. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've had clients that have gotten hit by it, and um, it's it's not easy to recover from if they have something that you need. So when you say you have to pay, how much are we talking? Uh, these people two, wanted a thousand bucks, which I think was two bitcoins at the time, hmm. five hundred dollars. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So there's no recourse. Who can you go to? Who can you report this to? The, see, they hide out on the dark web, and it's very easy to literally hide on the dark web because it's 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 built on anonymity that's the whole point of it and so uh they send you to a page out there uh using the tor browser and um you you talk to them through a little message window and they say you go to walgreens or whatever and get some paypal cards or uh bitcoin and uh, we'll release your files. Or oh, we'll my get, goodness. We'll give you the program that will release your files. I mean, in some cases, they actually give you 24 hours to 48 hours. And if you've not paid by then, they destroy the key. So even if you tried to pay, they couldn't unlock it. I mean, they're, they're gone forever. It's like forgetting your iCloud password, except like a thousand times worse. Because if you have no means of recovering your iCloud password, like you're locked out of your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you reset it or whatever and you don't know that password, you can't get into that device. So. Right. It's kind of similar to that, except way worse with all of your files. So considering this one is so severe, what can one do to make sure they don't fall victim to something like ransomware? Well, one thing that I really like that I've kind of pointed people toward, there's a little free program that people have have, um, made out here. A lot of the vulnerabilities that, that ransomware is able to take advantage of have to do with policies on your computer. And what this little program does, and it's absolutely free, and I'll give you all the website, but what it will do is it will actually set those policies to prevent the ransomware from being effective in the first place. And the name of the program is called Crypto Prevent, and it's on a website called Foolish IT, F-O-O-L-I-S-H-I-T.com. And they have a free version. Kind of like when we talk about our antivirus programs, they have a free version. They have a paid version. The paid version basically gives you some automatic updates. It's only like a couple of bucks, but I utilize the free version on quite a few computers, and it just sets those policies and helps to prevent you from getting infected in the first place. And I think another big thing that comes into play is there's no, you know, it's just like taking the flu shot. You can't be 100% guaranteed that it's going to work. Kind of goes back to something that Jeremy and I mentioned probably pretty much every show. Backups, 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 because a lot of times if you do get infected with certain ones, your only recourse is to restore from backup. And you want to use a backup that you don't keep connected to your computer because it can go in and access all of your drives. It's very nasty. It's it's really is the worst of all that I've seen so far. Oh, yeah. Work, we've even seen it. It can jump onto network drives. Yeah. So just imagine if you're at the office, those shared directories that everyone kind of goes into and that you store on the on the cloud somewhere, it can reach in there and get those as well. So, yep. Oh, boy. Uh, so we use the term malware pretty often. Uh, I've heard you guys talk about malware bytes. What is malware? Malicious software. It's just a, a short term for malicious software. So yeah. is that like the originator for all of the uh, these others? No, no, no it's it kind of like, came after viruses and worms and things like that, or, or at least the definition did. Yeah, it's kind of a blanket term, really, if you think about it. it. It really kind of encompasses all of those, all of those different pieces of software that can do malicious acts all kind of fall under that umbrella of malware. They're malicious, be it a virus, a Trojan, um, you know, to a certain extent, spam even falls under malware. Spam can be pretty malicious. Yep. You know, your ransomware and these other things. Uh, they they all fall under that umbrella, although they maybe affect you at differing degrees. So is malware something that's visible to the average person, or do you have to be an expert to recognize it? Uh, it can go either way. Uh, there can be malware that will just hide on your computer and just wait. Uh, and then there's other malware that makes itself very well known that there's a problem on your computer. Like, for example, whenever it pops up saying, hey, Microsoft has noticed that you have a problem on your computer, please give us a call, which is going to turn into, please give us 200 bucks. Right. Uh, that's actually a result of 
a malware product. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll continue the conversation about where, some things to be aware of, such as malware. We talked about ransomware. We'll talk about spyware when we get back. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Have you ever been a victim of any of these wares and you need some advice, some guidance on how to get rid of them, or how did you get rid of them, you can let us know. In addition, if you have any general tech questions about your tech devices, we'd love to hear from you this morning. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877 7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This week on Ampton Wired, Seth Power. I never had, like, the dream of being, like, you know, the next this, that, or the other. Uh, it wasn't until a few years ago that I started writing songs that I thought other people would listen and identify with this. Ampton Wired. Watch it loud. Friday at 10 on MPB Television. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial one mpb ring that's 877-672-7464. Or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And this morning we're talking about the different kinds of wares that you may be affected by if you own a tech device. We've talked about ransomware and adware, and we have several more to get to. If you're listening this morning, maybe you've been a victim of one of these harmful wares and you want to uh, let us know how you got rid of them. Or if you're kind of worried and you're needing some advice on how not to become a victim, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Additionally, if you have any general tech questions about your tech devices or anything in general, I mean, maybe you want to talk about folks using phones in public, which is what I want to talk about. We're going to have a tech etiquette show very soon. Very soon. Amen. Oh, absolutely. This is awesome. Very soon. Uh, yesterday in the mall, a woman almost ran into me because she was looking down on her phone instead of looking up to see where she was going. And I'm thinking, before cell phones came along, what were we doing Living before we lives. were just looking down at phones? And we can't even walk now. I've been guilty of it. I've looked down at my phone when I've walk, been walking before, but we don't notice the birds and the bees and the trees anymore because we're looking down right. at our phones. Uh, when I was on uh, my honeymoon, there were so many people that were on their phones. I was getting mad. I was like, I came here to unplug, and I'm surrounded wow. by this. Yeah. That's what they're going to create next, a vacation destination that's yeah. tech-free. Yeah, completely unplugged. Hey. hey. All right. Yeah, kinda... There we go. There's our <laughs> idea. There is I told idea. you this I'm show like... was an incubator. There we go. <laughs> well, it's like the other day, me and my wife were at dinner. We're sitting down, you know, well, it was kind of lunch, really, but we're out. The guy at the table next to us starts watching YouTube videos at full volume. See, that's no at the good. table. That's no good. Sitting that's an issue. The, you know. At full volume is an issue. Yeah. And right. ha- have you noticed that when people text and drive, like they have this very telltale behavior, like they'll they'll go floating they'll into towards, other lanes. Yeah, yeah. Not even floating into the other lane, but they'll just get right over on the line, and then they'll steer back, and then they'll start veering right back over. That is so annoying. I'm just honking at people, like get off your phone and drive. Yeah, take it is illegal. Show next week. And we're taking we're show next week. <laughs> I like that. I'm so excited. That. Next week is happening. Uh, all right, eight seven seven MPB ring is the number if you want to join the conversation this morning. We are talking about various wares and taking your general tech questions and comments as well, 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Okay, we are going first to Sam and Jackson who has a question. Good morning, Sam. What do you have for us? Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to know how safe it is to loan your password to a neighbor to use your Wi-Fi. Oh, are y'all like close? (laughs) Not really. We know each other, but that's it. We're not close at all. That's death, isn't it? 
I'd say as long as you're not getting emails from your internet service provider saying, hey, we've caught you downloading all this copyrighted content, you're probably okay. Fortunately, that's an easy enough problem to solve. All you got to do is change your password and say, I, I don't know what happened. I, I, the neighbor asked for it, though, so wouldn't they be using up his data? Uh, d who's your service provider? Um, Comcast. Okay, so you get one terabyte a month. Uh, if you start seeing overages on your account, definitely let him know it's time to, to back it up. But I, I would say okay. that's probably okay. Maybe charge him a little rent on it, though, you know. Uh, don't give it away for free. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, thank you guys very much. Enjoy your show. Thank Thanks. You. And you don't know what the neighbor's looking that's up. That's true. It, but, <laughs> uh, you know, if the FBI comes and knocks on your door. No, wait. Hey, sorry. I share my Wi-Fi with that guy. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. and, and, you know, we kind of said that tongue-in-cheek. That happened a few years ago up in Ridgeland. The neighbor kid had gotten onto their neighbor you know, onto the somebody else's Wi-Fi, and they were searching and looking up things that oh, bring the key, federal key terms. Yeah, bring the federal folks to your front door, oh, and boy. the neighbor, the guy who was the victim, ended up being arrested. Oh, um, and he had to Whoa. prove it that someone had compromised his his Wi-Fi. So, luckily, that's pretty easy to do with your router and your logs and all. You can show which devices are attached and what they do. Just, However, I, yeah, I, I'm, kind of, I'm on the, I'm kind of on your end now. I wouldn't necessarily open my Wi-Fi up just to anybody. Yeah, no. I mean, you just, I mean, I, I hate to say it, I hate to be that, you know, the wet blanket onto it. It's just you just never know with some folks. I mean, there's. Uh, and this this particular case that's in mind was was a pretty nasty one, and it's one of those yeah, that's that rough. Uh, you know makes you know. If they get the right people investigating that, though, every every computer has a, an individual fingerprint, so they'd be able to to trace it back. But the question is, how do you get those investigators to look into that particular type of case? Well, if it's going to be local police, it's not going to be some kind of federal investigation. They're not going to be looking into it until after all of your neighbors see you right. hiding at your house. With the new set of uh, okay, bracelets. Okay, so uh, we've changed our stance on that. Go ahead and change your Wi-Fi password <laughs> yeah, and uh, don't, don't chance it. <laughs> Java wanted to know, would it be possible to contract a virus from something your neighbor is doing? Yes. yes. They use your Wi-Fi? Yes, okay. absolutely. Yes. All right. A few more calls to get to, actually four. Edward is in Oxford with a question. Good morning. Edward, what do you have for us? Hi, Edward. Oh, hello. Hi. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. Good. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, actually two questions, uh, are, which are follow-ups to things you've already mentioned. Um, I, wear, I use Malwarebytes, the free version, and um, I also use Advanced System Care, which I like a lot, and they've got a, uh, a malware component. I was told some time ago that um, you shouldn't use two different programs to, uh, to track and delete malware. Is that, uh, in fact, do they confound each other? And then my other question is... Uh, how do, do your um, do your people know anything about how ransomware targets uh, their victims? Are they mostly institutional? Okay, so uh, to answer your first question, yes, running two uh, protection programs in conjunction can uh, can cause them to fight over files. Um, Malwarebytes nowadays is actually a full-on virus protection program so it tries to do active protection so um i know you said you were running the free version so uh, yours probably doesn't run that way but be aware if you install an update it might start acting that way um also advanced system care wilts were you able to turn up anything on that's, that uh, that's from iobit. Of, uh, I'm iobit not, i'm not very familiar with them um, I know they've been around for quite a while. I don't have much experience with them, though. Usually when they have a generic name like that, it, it screams not legit to me. I'm not saying well, that it's not. I just uh, I hear names like that, and I just I, I raise an eyebrow. If I could just interject, I've been using them for about 10 years, and okay. I like them very much uh, because they do, they do comprehensive, uh, you know, um, uh, essentially it's a comprehensive utility, um, and, it, it, you know, it is paid for paid but um i like it very very much okay all right well that's uh that's good to know and what was the uh what was the other question the other one is is uh on ransomware um how how ransomware uh, targets victims are they mostly institutional well sometimes your ransomware can come through as a random attachment on your email but yeah um it is possible for a hacker to target someone within uh, a company um and with social media linkedin all that kind of stuff it's very easy to get names of people in organizations to masquerade as sending an email from that person uh and making it look very legit uh to do so so um it's it, it can be either way 
Okay. Yeah, and, and with so many of the malicious software out there now, too, a lot of it is just kind of what I always called the, the shotgun effect. They just kind of blast it on out there and see where it'll stick. They could send a million pieces of malicious information out there, and if they can just get you know 1% of that to actually stick. So while you can't have it targeted, a lot of it is just what I call a, a drive-by effect. You could just happen by a website that got infected, and boom, they caught you. You were just an incidental victim. Yep. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Edward. We appreciate your call. Uh, email. Wilts, earlier you gave a website, uh, Foolish something. Could you give that website again? Yes, it's Foolish IT, F-O-O-L-I-S-H-I-T dot com. Okay. And what does it do? That is for the Crypto Prevent software, uh, a free program. You run it, and it will set some policies on your computer to uh, prevent ransomware from actually taking a hold of your files. Okay, and Paul in Alabama wanted to know, does the free version of Avast protect you from all the wares? Yes, um, yeah. as far as scanning goes, yeah, it, it should. Um, it has active protection on your uh, your web activity as well as your email if you run a third-party program like Outlook or something like that. So, yeah, Avast should be on top of that. Great, more calls to get to. Kenneth is in South Haven, has a question about key loggers. Good morning, Kenneth. Kenneth, what do you have for us today? Uh First, I have a comment on Sam's question about ransomware. I'm a private citizen, and I got ransomed. Mm. So it does happen to everybody. Sorry um, to hear about that, uh, Kenneth. Well, I, it wasn't anything that I couldn't replace. I was kind of lucky. I, I'm backing up everything now. Though. Good. So Good I, for you. I got a question about keyloggers. Uh, say there's one hiding on my system that's hiding so well that my Norton can't find it and spy by it and malware by it can't find it with a uh anti-key logging software is that foolproof if i uh downloaded some of that would that protect me well enough to where i could log on to my bank accounts and stuff like that uh, why is it that you believe that you have a key logger on your system that none of those programs can find i don't really it's just that i had the ransomware get through norton and so i'm not so sure that they really can recognize everything it seems like it's a that the people doing this could grab a program off the shelf, change the names, add a few instructions to change the length of the program. Probably can't be identified that way and then find a way to hide and get through my Norton. I just don't know if I got it or not. I just want to make sure because, you know, they could really do me some damage if they got a hold of my passwords to my bank account. Sure. And um, uh, so I... I've never really looked into keylogger protection. Uh, I didn't know there was like a separate program that would do just keylogging protection. Wills, were you aware um, of that? Sometimes. I want to say that Malwarebytes was pretty decent at it. They had uh, That generally falls under another category called rootkits. Right. It's usually where you see keyloggers coming in. And for those of y'all who don't know, what a keylogger does is it takes a – it makes a record of all the keystrokes on your computer as a um, kind of an, an old-school way of actually capturing passwords. Um, most of those products today should actively be scanning for those. An important thing to kind of point out, though, is that, that um, always still look for that suspicious, you know, your computer acting strange, because even though we have some wonderful programs out there, a lot of them being free and a lot of them being paid, there is no 100%. It's, it's, um, I kind of used the analogy earlier. It's kind of like the flu shot. Just because you got a flu shot does not necessarily mean that you're not going to get the flu. You still have to kind of use a little bit of uh, common sense in there. But, I mean, I would feel pretty good if you're running those programs. You also mentioned another one, um, SpyBot, um, really good little free program as well. If they're searching on in there um, and if they got you pretty well cleaned up, I'd feel fairly confident you were okay. The one thing I would recommend to a lot of folks is if you do come to the other side of a really nasty infection, beyond just cleaning it up, I would actually recommend getting the computer rebuilt. Yeah, um, I have a hard Windows. Yeah, I have a hard time trusting a computer after it's had a certain level of uh, infection. If you have good backup of your files, get that sucker just cleaned all the way out and just install it like it came from the factory and get a fresh start. That way, you know you're not carrying forth any cooties that you might not have wanted. We do the same thing at the shop for people that uh, they say that they let somebody from quote Microsoft have access to their computer. Uh, if I say, if, look, if you're concerned that they got something on your computer, that they've planted something on here, just go for the nuclear approach and let me just wipe it out. Start exactly. fresh. That's that's the safest way. All right, Kenneth, thank you for your call. We certainly appreciate it. Charlene is in Mobile with a question. Good morning to you. Charlene, what do you have for us today? Hi. Um, 
I keep getting these telephone calls um, from, I can't even remember the name of the company, uh, but they're saying that there's a problem with a security software that was installed on my computer. And I answered the first couple and I actually chatted with one guy and I kept asking him what the name of the security software was and I couldn't find it anywhere on my computer. Yeah, he's a, so he's a scam artist. He, that's what I figured. Okay, because he wanted access to my computer and I did not grant it. Good. Good for, good you. for you. Very good. Tell him if he needs to in the future, they can contact your tech support at one eight seven seven mpb ring <laughs> We will be happy to take care of him every Wednesday morning. Okay, thanks. You know, because they, they wanted money and, no. you know. So, I mean, and I pay for uh, Carbonite backup. Um, Great so program. Backed up. Um, and, and I run Mac software. I mean, I use a Mac. So I haven't, I mean, I just kept thinking it was a scam. And so, and they keep calling with different numbers and they'll leave a message. So I just say, block this caller, block this caller. That's all you call. can do, unfortunately. Well, good for you, Charlie. Way to be um, aware and cognizant of, of, of that kind of danger. Good job. Thank you for your call, Charlie. And warning other folks as well. Yeah, lots oh, yeah. of red flags. Uh, David is in Tupelo with a question. Good morning to you, David. What do you have for us today? Good morning. Um, I uh, You mentioned earlier some, uh, I've forgotten what you call it, all that junk that puts on a... Bloatware. Bloatware, that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, that is that is uh, on the machine uh, when you buy it, and then stuff adds to. Uh, is there any way we could find some kind of a a list of either what you know some of that bloatware or some of the of 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 the uh, a list of the files that we really need, and some way to get rid of all of that bloatware? So uh, there's a program out there called Should I Remove It? Okay. And you can run that. Now, I will say from time to time, it's it's not always dead on with what it thinks you should remove. Uh, there are some things that um, you, you should, uh, if the name comes up, you want to kind of Google it and see what other people feel that it is. But that program uh, will help um, quite quite a bit. It will help you. It, it will have a rating uh, for those programs based on what other people have done and what they recommend you do uh, as well. So that program will help uh, help clear it up for you. Yeah. Okay, and where do I find that? Um, I think it's actually shouldiremoveit.com. Yep, I know that one. There's another one that's out there, and I come across this one and use this pretty much any time I see a new PC come across. And it's called PC Decrapifier. <laughs> PCDecrapifier.com, wonderful little automatic program. And I think it actually links in and does a lot of um, – it, it's another – nice piece that accompanies the, the one that Jeremy is mentioning. And what it'll do is it'll actually go through there and it rates the different programs that are installed on your computer saying, okay, a majority of the community has removed this. So it kind of puts it into a green category. And then there's a yellow category that says, man, most people will remove this one. And there's a red category that says, and most people like to leave these in place to kind of give you an indication of should I remove it, should I not, kind of going along with Jeremy there. Really easy, automatic program, totally free. Um, just hit that website, and it, again, it's a really easy install. I've also used that one, and I really, really like the old version because it was just way faster to go through and remove all yeah. the stuff. The newer one's not as good, but it still works. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, David, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Enos in Starkville, Ennis, Jeff in New Orleans, and Alan and Brandon. If you guys could hold on just for a moment, we'll get to you right after this break. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson. We've been talking about the different wares that affect your tech devices this morning, and we've been taking your calls as well. Um, did we get to spyware, what that is? 
Uh, not really. We didn't really talk about that one yeah, too much. Yeah, what is spyware? Does the name, once again, reveal what it does? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it can be used to spy on you through your uh, through your camera, through your microphone, on your phone, or on your uh, laptop or desktop computer. Who's on the other end spying? That's a good question. Creepers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it... <sighs> Typically, whenever I've heard a lot of people talking about an infection with spyware, it has typically been with an employer or right. wanting to see what their what their folks are doing. Um, and also another area this comes out in divorce proceedings. Yeah. Jealousy. Jealousy. Relationships. You know, um, what's he or she doing online they may not should be doing. So you kind of see that typically come out of there and somebody's just wanting to kind of look over your shoulder without you knowing they're there. It's more than that, really. It's more than just looking over your shoulder. They can see your location if it's on your oh, phone. Yeah. They can hear what's going on around you. They can monitor your phone calls, your text messages. They can send text messages as you. It can it can rock oh, the boat boy. pretty pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've helped some clients get rid of that stuff. It is It is nasty stuff. Oh, that's pretty scary. Yes. So once again, having some antivirus stuff, how do, how do you combat that? It certainly that? helps, but it doesn't It doesn't get everything, but unfortunately. It helps. it helps. All right. Well, that's scary enough. Let's yeah, go to the I'm next sorry. call. Sorry to freak everybody out. <laughs> Enos is in Starkville. Good morning, Enos. What's your comment today? Hello, Enos. Uh, Hi. Hello, hello. Yes, go ahead. My uh, comment is about ransomware. I have run into this on um, Windows going in Facebook, you click on a link, and you wind up uh, getting this ransomware that says you call this number and it locks up your browser. And the only way I found to get out of it is you just do a control on delete, bring up the task manager, and end your whatever browser you're doing, and then it goes away. You need to go back. As long as you don't bring those browsers that you have back up, then you're okay and you can continue on your way. Yeah, uh, that's great that you know to open your task manager and close out those programs uh, when they cause problems. That doesn't always work, but if it's a, if it's a, if it's just a low level nag uh, like a like a like an ad, uh, that is a way to get rid of it. Absolutely, I've even told some people just uh, do the old press down the power button, wait about ten seconds. Um, you know, it's not the best way to shut your computer down, but sometimes when you get one, if you can't, if you know, if you're not sure where to get into that task manager or what to do, you know, when all else fails. Turn it off and turn it back on again. You know, the standard IT response. And if you're on a Mac, uh, your Mac likes to save your system state, like uh, what programs you had open and everything. So if you hit restart on a Mac, you want to make sure that you uncheck the little box that says reopen all these windows when I log back in. That way you'll get a nice, clean slate. But, yeah, <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah. All right, Ennis, thank you so much for your call. A couple more calls to get to. Jeff is in New Orleans. Good morning, Jeff. What is your question today? Nope. Okay. He doesn't want to ask. All right. Alan is in Brandon. Uh, Jeff, if you want to call back, I'll open up the lines just for a second. If you want to call back, Jeff, 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to call back. Uh, Alan is in Brandon with a comment. Good morning to you, Alan. What do you have for us? Hey, Sharita. Uh, I know y'all may have been backtracking a little bit after talking about sharing your Wi-Fi password. I, I just want to caution people that you're... If you give somebody your Wi-Fi network, a lot of times that's going to give them access to all the files in your computer systems and stuff, depending on how you got your set up. So uh, you, you need to be real careful about letting, you know, giving out the, you know, like giving out the keys to your house, in other words, uh, giving people the keys to your to your electronic files and stuff. Because uh, I, I know I wouldn't want anybody to have, just maybe a family member, uh, the way I've got my, my home computer set up because... That'd be like going in and doing your 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 banking on your phone in, in, a, in a public Wi-Fi spot. I think it, it, it's not unlike that if, if you give somebody access to your to your uh, to your Wi-Fi. So just just caution folks uh, uh, they may be letting people have access to, to more than they think if they if they do that. Mm, good thoughts, Alan. Yeah, that's a great point, Alan. So I, I used to live uh, in a small apartment complex, and my neighbor had Internet, and um, I used to, you know, he used to share his Wi-Fi with me. And, we, you know, we, we were friends. We, we trusted one another. Definitely don't share your Wi-Fi with anybody that you don't trust. But if it's if it's your neighbors or something like that and you know them pretty well, I'd say it's mostly safe. So that's why I said, hey, it would be all right, because I was thinking back to those days when I, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have had a way to run my business when I first started. So uh, and you know, having a neighbor that neighbor that could be like chopping up people. 
Yeah, you know, well, yeah. You, I mean, you, you definitely want to be. You, know, you can't. You can't trust everybody. That's very true. <laughs> so be be very particular about who you who you allow on your Wi-Fi. But yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, they do have access to your files. If you don't have your firewalls up, if you don't have your network set up uh, a certain way, yeah, they can they can see your stuff. All right, thanks, Alan. Uh, Jeff is back from New Orleans. Good morning, Jeff. What do you have for us today? Bon temps roulé. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> um, I have a question that what what type of wares should um, I be concerned with if my primary, um, uh, I guess, computer would be a netbook or a Chromebook? You're definitely safer. Uh, there's a there's a smaller risk involved there, but there's still potential for uh, pop ups and. Uh, different types of wares to be on those computers. They're just not, they're not real popular. They're kind of going through that Mac phase where everybody was like, oh, you don't need virus protection on a Mac. That's because nobody had one, nobody used one, nobody wrote viruses for them, uh, but they do now. So definitely if there is any protection out there, you want to pursue that, but you're uh, safer. Okay. Thank okay. you, Jeff. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh-huh. with a lot of those devices, sometimes your best thing, if uh, I did have a, a friend of ours, I was working on theirs and her son had a little Chromebook and Something had gotten in there and changed the settings in Microsoft Chrome. I mean, Microsoft Chrome. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Google Chrome. But they were getting... They're going to uh, bill you for that one. Um, oh, yeah. They'll be outside the door here shortly. But they were getting um, website redirects. And so just a matter of going in and just resetting Chrome, it was just kind of more of a nag and aggravating. Mm-hmm. But they noticed instead of going to the site you wanted to go to, it was like, you know, Google dot something else trovia or something like that exactly and you know go back in told chrome hey reset the default settings it got all of that you know it's probably just a little malicious plug-in yeah an aggravating plug-in so fairly easy to recover from definitely all right and jeremy's in a poetic mood now because he's married so what poem you got for us today all right malware spyware they're all out there keep protection and stay up to date don't open that attachment you can't afford its rate what is a bitcoin where is my stuff back up and save them all these wares can be rough all right. You have like a little Shakespearean rhythm. Yeah. I know I, we're going to have to get some music under there for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks uh, both to, to you guys. Wilson Jeremy for being in today. Java Chapman was our board operator. And Kevin Farrell was our call screener. Stay tuned. The original Southern Remedy is coming up next with Dr. Rick DeShazo right here on MPB Think Radio.